0: We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge
1: savings? Yeah, Digitex does that.
0: D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. On Oilers Radio, 630 chat. 12.33 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer at Rogers Place where the Oilers are just finishing up a practice. They'll take on the L.A. Kings who are in Calgary tonight. Uh, they'll take on the Kings tomorrow. Coming up at 105 today, Edmonton Oilers Interim General Manager Keith Ratsky. This text comes to us on our Heartland 4 text line. We haven't heard from this fellow for a while. Epstein's mother has texted the show to say, Bob, uh, why have you not had Bob Nicholson on the show? Why didn't you have him on the show last week? And, uh, well, I'll tell you exactly why. Because uh, Bob uh, was busy during noon to two each day uh, doing the season seat holder events, and he is now, uh, I believe, beginning his process to uh, start uh, to interview for the general manager's position, which is part of the reason why. Uh, John Shannon is a great guest to have on the show every Monday, and we'll get to John here momentarily. We'll tell you that guests on the show receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Roos Chris, it's the greatest steak you've ever had. Follow the sizzle to 99.90. Tell Maggie and the staff that Oilers now sent you at Roos Chris. From parts unknown, but all I can tell you is when you call him, you know that he is not currently in North America. We welcome back to the show, somewhere undoubtedly on a beach in Mexico, John Shannon. Hi, John. How are you?
1: I, I just want you to know, Bob, there are Oiler fans everywhere, though. Are there? <laughs> oh, yeah. They have us down on
0: Well, John, you're, I mean, you know this, and the funny thing is, uh, I've got some text today some from some people that want me to comment on a comment. Some guy made from Toronto And I'm like Look Like Not everybody that works in Toronto Is actually from Toronto You're a western Canadian guy You're from Penticton Or from that area Um, But anyways There are Oilers fans everywhere And it is a passionate And devoted fan base And it is a frustrated fan base As well Uh, know it should be And I know you sat in On at least Did you do all the Thursday And Friday sessions? No I just did two You did two so I did one with you. Um, I mean, I thought there was pretty good dialogue in most of those, and I thought there were some real honest questions that got asked during the course. At least the the one I was at, which ironically happened to uh, involve uh, some 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 honesty the other way as well. And when I just like to, when you when 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 you have those events, these are your shareholders that you are speaking to, right, John?
1: Well, and and almost i I would tell you and we've talked about this a few times more so than any other team in the nhl shareholders uh simply because the fan base uh and the season ticket holders the fan base of pure unadulterated fans is probably larger in edmonton than any other city you know we talk about toronto or montreal or new york there's a ton of corporate dollars that go to buy season tickets and and uh you can tell by the, the clothes they wear you can tell by how they uh, respond to events on the ice, where the ratio of 70-30 uh, corp- corporate to fans in Toronto is the other way around, 30 corporate, 70 fans in Edmonton, and you're going to feel their pain, and you understand what they want, they want to win.
0: Oh yeah, there's no question uh, about that. Uh, somebody said stakeholders might be a better word than shareholders. And I think that that's a, a fair assessment. Uh, it's one of, it, it's somebody that really likes you, John, that said that. And not a guy. Yes. <laughs> yes. So you know, it's somebody yes. who works in business on a daily basis. And said, "Bob, you need there to you get go. you need to get your terminology correct." Well, thanks, yes. Kathy. I, I appreciate that. Uh, yes. All right. So we have this. Uh, we have emotionally vested stakeholders, and the orders have given. You know, and the situation has turned out to be what it is. And um, as somebody who works for the Owners Entertainment Group, I mean. I can tell you, I am uh, literally am as disappointed as anybody by, I mean, if you told me at the start of the year that Todd McClellan would be fired 20 games into the season, that Peter Shirelli would be gone 55 games into the season, and oh, by the way, Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisel and Ryan Nugent Hopkins would all be having career years, I would have said you're crazy. But I think it also sheds some insight, which I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves here, John, because the fact is they do have seven games left. They are. It would be a real long shot, but the, the, the players still have work to do here. There's guys fighting for spots moving forward, and that group has to believe that they are still in it, don't they?
1: Well, you'd hope so. I mean, I think that that was probably the disappointment more than anything on Saturday. Yeah, uh, against Ottawa was that w- where w- I mean there, there was more passion out of a team that's been out of the playoffs for three weeks than the one that's still mathematically involved. And you know, I I, I, w- I, I said on the air on Saturday afternoon, uh, I really felt that the team had to win the the rest of this homestand to, to yeah. be in the in the race. Yeah, you know, and and the consolation of getting one point, I don't think was good enough. But they have to. I think they have to prove to themselves that they can compete more so than prove to the fans that this is you're right about guys competing for jobs but i think we also know that the new regime that will come in and there will be a new one is uh, going to uh, start with a, a blank slate for a lot of positions on this hockey club
0: all right so let's get to that point so again uh, and you did have an opportunity to talk to bob on saturday as part of uh the hockey Night in canada broadcast is it your belief that he is now uh, now that he's done the, the, the stakeholder events, the season seed holder events, that now he's going into um, interview GM process at this time?
1: I think a week from now uh, we might start hearing that yes, he's asked permission of and, and is starting to talk to probably 12, maybe 14 people. Some of them don't need permission, some of them don't have jobs right now that require that, but uh, others do, and uh, and then, uh, then, they, then the process will continue probably through, gosh, I, I don't think this is, this is a short-term thing. I don't think uh, two weeks from now we're talking about who the new general manager is. I think this process could go until mid-May.
0: Um, let me ask you this. Does it have to be somebody that's had previous general managing experience at the NHL level?
1: Um, in my opinion, it has to have somebody who's been in a front office not necessarily an actual general manager. Um, Mm -hmm. I think there are some people out there that are former managers that probably deserve a look from that perspective. Um, I'm not suggesting they get hired, but they certainly deserve a look, deserve a chance to talk. Uh, But I also think that there are people that have worked inside NHL offices that have huge upside, and you can pinpoint their successes uh, on the ice with teams that they used to work for, that you say, hey, this guy deserves a chance, too. And I, they may not have been a general manager, right?
0: Yeah. I know I, I put a list out, John, about uh, two weeks ago. Not one of them had been a GM before. Uh, and I know that Elliot brought up a guy like Mike Gillis, and I would certainly talk to Mike Gillis if I was Bob. I don't know if I'd, you know, for me, I don't know if that would be based on, you know, and they had some very novel concepts out in Vancouver, and I, and I got a lot of time for Lawrence Gilman, who's never been a GM. Yeah. Uh, and maybe somebody could see which of those two I would favor because it's pretty obvious. But it doesn't preclude from having a conversation with the Mike Gillis. Dave Nonis has been a GM basically for two different NH... Has he been? Was he? Uh, no, he was the assistant GM in Toronto. He was never the GM of the Leafs,
1: right? Oh no, he was. A, no, he replaced Brian Burke. Oh, he
0: did for two years. For two years, there you go. So his GM in and he, Vancouver.
1: Replaced, he replaced Brian Burke twice. As a, as a, right, as my
0: and I know you know. There's, uh, I mean. And and everybody is, here's the thing, John, everybody's got, you know, a guy like Darren Drager is related to Dave, Dave notice and, and which does not preclude Dave notice from being a guy that you would want to go interview and, and, and gather some, so how much of this do you think is fact finding and information finding, you know, and, and, and how open do you think something like this is theoretically going to be, John? Well,
1: I think it has to be open. And I think that's one of the reasons why we haven't seen a, somebody hired now and I, I, I think the turning point in this discussion was when Bob Nicholson went to the general manager's meeting and represented the organization to sit and talk to people and say, what does it take? Who who are the bright lights? Who How do they handle themselves within those meetings? Um, you know, there's a lot of wise people in and around the managers, not necessarily a manager right now that we're at the meetings that, that Bob could use to consult with. Um, you know, I, I, I think that it's, it's something that Bob, needed to see because quite frankly i mean bob's never been a manager himself and so it's difficult it it would be difficult for bob without all this information to go have hired somebody and i think that this is this time around it has to listen this time around bob it has to be perfect see there's no there's no trials it has to be perfect for this organization this time around it has to be a great fit and has to last a long, last a long long time
0: It's funny how it worked out because the level of excitement when Peter Shirelli was hired, John, uh, that combination of Shirelli and McClellan was at an all-time high. There were were people that were totally jacked. The owners had departed from the perception of the old boys' narrative that was out there, and uh, it didn't work with – I would say it didn't work with Peter because I'm going to tell you right now, Todd McClellan will be coaching in the NHL next year. Um, Yeah, I agree. And there's a couple teams in the East that have spit the bit here down the stretch. That makes sense. There's a, a a team in the West that makes sense. There might be an expansion team that can make sense. I mean, and and part of that might depend on who ends up being the general manager. Like, I believe Todd McClellan. I, I know Peter McC- uh, Shirelli was spotted in St. Louis. I think Peter's going to be a consultant somewhere, but I don't think he'll ever resurface again wow. as a GM. i tell
1: you what, let's address that last piece. Peter Shirelli's best friend in the game of hockey is Doug Armstrong Armstrong. yeah Uh, I've known I've known Doug Doug and I worked for the same club in the early 90s together uh Doug felt terrible for Peter but also wanted to give Peter a little bit of respite and come down to St. Louis stay at the house watch a few games with me have some fun and that's exactly what's happened yeah I don't read anything more into it than that at this point yeah I, I, so I, I, th- as far as as far as Todd McCallum, I uh, totally agree. I've I've actually said on the air, I would not be surprised to see him as the next coach of the Los Angeles Kings.
0: I wouldn't rule up. Um, I would not rule out Buffalo or Philadelphia either. No, I'm no, just no, looking at what's going ahead. on with those two teams down the stretch here. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know Buffalo's maybe a little bit different situation. I mean, how you know that maybe they weren't, maybe they were never as good as they appear to be early in the year, right? Yeah, but they—they, yeah. they, you know—and uh, then Philadelphia. I mean, Scott Gordon's in there as an interim coach, so—and
1: I think Scott, but Scott Gordon's done a very good job there.
0: But they've kind
1: of—they've they, well, fallen out yeah. of it
0: here down the stretch, John.
1: Only because of the same issue they've always had in Philadelphia. And what's that, Bob? Goaltending. Goaltending, and that's not Scott Gordon's fault, even though he's an old
0: goalie. Yeah. So, uh, so the process gets started here uh, for for Bob Nicholson. Um, I, I do. I will say this: We've had some people push. I'll, I'll give you an example. A lot of people thought Pat Quinn, Pat Quinn, Pat Quinn for Edmonton. I, I think we both believe that Pat wasn't at 100 percent when he was coaching the team here. Uh, I have, you know, I have empathy for for that tenure for him, and obviously he has since, you know, passed away. And and, uh, and I wonder whether or not even that year being around him on a day-to-day basis, if he wasn't already dealing with something. Uh, Dallas Aikens clearly was not ready. I do think he's ready now. <laughs> I think he's, he got humbled by his experience at Edmonton. But those were two guys that the Toronto media really pushed forward. Um, so I'm going to give you a tough question here, John. Is the Edmonton market a market that somebody has to be cognizant and aware of that it's completely different than a lot of other markets around the league, and you sort of already addressed that a bit in terms of the, the fan engagement level, but there's some other factors here that make it different as well.
1: Well, uh, without trying to piss anybody off at Edmonton, I think being the general manager of the Edmonton Oilers is the second most important public figure in town, behind the mayor. I think you have to walk the walk. You have to talk the talk. You have to live the Edmonton experience. You have to understand your role Um, in so many ways, even though this team is owned by an individual, with how the season ticket holders are constructed, with the active involvement of the fan base, you have to treat it like a public trust, an absolute public trust. And you have to listen and you have to be tolerant. Uh, And then you have to, you can't be stubborn. You have to be open to ideas. Uh, and I think that that's, that, that that's a small group of guys. Now, I th- I do think the guys that are going to be interviewed will say everything positively and say everything the same way and say, yes, that's what we're gonna, we are going to we want to do. Uh, but at the same time, they have to walk the walk and talk the talk and believe it before anything else happens.
0: I'm going to ask you whether or not you have time for the following individuals. Give me a yay or nay. Kelly McCrimmon. Yay. Mark Hunter. Yay. Bill Garren.
1: Interesting. Will he be considered an old boys club member?
0: Ross Mahoney. Yay. Yeah, that's uh, that's one Lawrence. Those
1: are, those are the three the three yays that I uh, the three years that I've given you, and I'm not I'm not doubting Joe, and I'm just saying, you know, with all the people that talk about the old boys club, to have another former Euler come back, uh, do you do you want to get rid of that? Uh, the, the three guys you've talked about are at the top of their game for their respective clubs, Mahoney's and Washington, <clears throat> with player personnel, and the ability to identify through the draft quality players beyond the first round. You and I could do the first round picking, Bob. It's that second through seven picks that really need to be worked on.
0: It's picks fifty. It's picks 15 through 40. you got to hit on those picks, and those are, those are not uh-huh. slammed on picks. Hey, by the way, uh, I'm going to give you a couple more here. Lawrence okay. Lawrence Gilman.
1: I'm a yay there. Are you? Yeah. yeah, I am. I'm a yay. I'm a big. I'm a Gilman fan. I think he's. I think he's. He's paid his dues and worked in a lot of top markets and and He's worked in Arizona as well. Would Mike and, and if you work in if you work in Vancouver, yep, yeah. you have some, a few similar issues that Edmontonians have.
0: Would Mike Gillis be the right fit?
1: Inter- that's an interesting one. I, I here's. Let me throw this out you, at you. I would, I would, if you brought Gilman in, does it make sense to bring Gillis together? That's an interesting question. I'm not sure that that's the way that the organization wants to go, but, you know, that, you know, it is it, a two-headed monster and those two, and they work very well together and have a great affection for each other uh, and play well off of each other. Would that be a way to go? Ah, just an idea.
0: Do they need to hire a president and a GM?
1: Uh, I don't know. I don't know. You know, uh, you, know you, you have to understand, what you have to ask the question, too, what Nicholson's role will be in all of this as well. Where does he play into the hockey operations side? What does Mr. Cates want with Mr. Nicholson's role?
0: There were some interesting comments from Nick Kiprios on Saturday night's panel, by the way. Uh, and, John, we have uh, Keith Gretzky coming up at 105 today. He is the interim team. Well, you,
1: have, you haven't asked me about him. He's a He's a candidate there, too.
0: There you go. That's where I was going to go next.
1: He certainly certainly will get an interview. We know one of the 12 guys for sure.
0: Keith Gretzky. Is he penalized because his last name is Gretzky?
1: Not with this organization. No, not at all. Keith Gretzky has proven his worth by himself through through scouting ranks. Uh, And even to the point where there's enough confidence in what Keith has done, even in Edmonton, that if the manager isn't even picked by the draft, he could run the draft.
0: I think that's the more likely scenario right now, frankly, to be honest with you. John, uh, we're going to switch focus away from the Oilers, even though the show is called Oilers now. I'm actually going to put it back on Toronto. What happens if the Leafs don't? Like, I think the Leafs will beat Boston. Uh, to me, it's, it's... You do, huh? Yeah, because I think it's total now. I don't know about the severity of the two defensemen. That are injured right now? Uh, well,
1: I think Dermott will play before the end of the season.
0: Okay, what about Gardner? Is he done?
1: That's a good question. He hasn't skated very much, and he's got a terrible back. And you know how bad backs can be, Bob.
0: Well, be careful of what you wish for for Maple Leafs fans because they absolutely sewered him after Game 7 last year against Boston. They Larry murphy him. What happens in Toronto if the Leafs... After getting Tavares and getting Jake Muzzin, don't beat Boston this year. Anything?
1: Uh, Listen, I I truly believe that what Kyle Dubas has done this year by building the team the way he has, by constructing it and giving key players long-term deals. There's only one guy that's under pressure. Austin Matthews isn't under pressure. John Tavares isn't under pressure. Freddie Anderson's not under pressure. Mike Babcock's under pressure. Mike Babcock was given what people believe was a stacked deck to win. Whether there's a belief internally that win is win the Stanley Cup right now becomes the question. And uh, Kyle Dubas, quite frankly, Kyle Dubas is the only one that could decide that.
0: When Mike Babcock uses the term around here, (laughs) is he
1: speaking about management when he uses that term? I think if you spoke to Mike, he'd say, no, I'm talking about the pressure of playing in Toronto. And, you know, there's pressure to play in Toronto. Okay. Uh, but after, you know, hey, the Oilers have won five cups since the Leafs won their last. Uh, you know, the famous 54-year curse in New York, we heard chants for years, 1940. Well, you know what? It's 53 years in Toronto this year. So the pressure's on. And when he talks about round here, he's talking about a fan base that all they want to do, too, is win, and just like in Edmonton where there's 18,000 general managers every game, there's the same 18,000 in Toronto, they see the roster and say, hey, we're good enough to win.
0: Yeah, well, I, you know, I, I they're deeper up front than Edmonton, there's no question about that. Uh, one final yeah. one for yeah. you, what's your take on uh, the situation in Ottawa right now for the Senators?
1: Well, gosh, based on Saturday, I like, I like a few of the parts. Brady Kachuk looked good, Shabbat looked good, you know, they're, they're in massive, total rebuild. Um, I think the admission that they need a president of hockey operations or a senior consultant is an epiphany and a revelation for Eugene Helmick, and that's an important thing. They, they need to create buffers so that Eugene doesn't spout off as much as he has. You know, they need Eugene to take a... Honestly, they need Eugene to take a page from Daryl Cates' book and not embarrass himself. You know, let the hockey people run the hockey department. Yeah, well, let let, let, the, let the president of the club run the peasant, run the club, and let Eugene enjoy just being an owner.
0: John, uh, we'll let you enjoy the week. Stay out of trouble, okay? Do my best. Yeah, like that's going to happen. Enjoy. Oilers
1: fans everywhere, though. Oilers fans everywhere, though. Yeah, I can't yes, get
0: away from... they are everywhere. I, you know, I go to Disneyland every May and we invariably yeah. bump into three or four others fans that are there with their families down on the trip as well. So it's pretty cool. Great stuff, John. Okay, Bob. It's 1254 at Edmonton speaking of uh, travel. You can join the president of New West Travel, Dennis Laliberti, on an exclusive visit to Italy and Greece on a spectacular 16-day holiday. It starts with a 9-day tour of Italy, visiting the beautiful cities of Rome, Florence, and Venice with daily guided tours. Then board NCL Cruise Lines for a spectacular 7-night Greek Island cruise, including meals, nightly entertainment, a private sunset dinner in gorgeous Santorini, plus parking at the Value Park at the Edmonton International Airport. They're 50% sold out now, so book with New West Travel or reach out to newwesttravel.com. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to head it off to a break. Uh, One o'clock, we'll have the news, uh, weather and traffic uh, with Cassandra Jodwan for Global. And then we'll get uh, Keith Gretzky. He's going to pop by. He is the Edmonton Oilers Interim General Manager. This is Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.